Welcome to the Creative South Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today, I'm talking with Clint Walkingstick. Clint is an independent graphic designer based out of Oklahoma City. We chat about starting off in college as a creative writing and psychology major before a class where advertising was discussed changed his outlook. Navigating the design world and wearing multiple hats when you aren't a big-name designer. The importance of family once you become a dad. And more. All right after this. Jack Prince is one of our favorite companies to work with. They offer great products at even better prices, with some of the best customer service I've ever seen. Why not pick Jack Prince next time you need t-shirts, business cards, stickers, or flyers printed? Right now, Jack Prince is offering four-day turnaround on their most popular apparel products. That's four days with no rush fees, no hassle, and no BS. With apparel from popular brands like American Apparel, Next Level, Jilden, All Style, and more starting as low as $3.99 each. Now is the time to take advantage of this great offer. Visit jack.inc slash four days to order your apparel today. Plus, Jack Prince is giving Creative South podcast listeners 20% off all orders over $25 when you use promo code CREATESOUTH17 at checkout. Visit jackprince.com for your next order of stickers, prints, or whatever you need today. We've gone through and streamlined the Creative South podcast Patreon page, cleaning out the excess and making it easier for you to support us. With options starting at just $1 per month, you can help support the podcast and even wind up with some cool Creative South podcast swag. Every dollar helps cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. When you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else, Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts. So please help support the podcast and become a patron over at patreon.com slash creative south. Thanks for joining me tonight. Thank you, Jason. Uh, you're going to get to hear the full weirdo come out tonight. That's awesome. That's uh, that's uh, what makes us uh, creative people is our weirdness. <laughs> right. I, um, I, I'm i a big fan of the James Victoria quote of um, the things that make you weird when you're a kid are what will make you great. Or mm-hmm. I'm butchering that, but go to his I, I know what you're go. talking about, yeah. So, so normally... I would start off asking you where you grew up, but I'm going to start off a little different um, because I want you to talk about how you came to be on the podcast and and what what you put out there. The magic of what can happen when you um, tweet stupid design dad jokes (laughs) on Twitter uh, is what happens. No, uh, just a typical day working away here in my... 10 by 10 foot studio in my home and uh, just talking with folks on uh, next to the Twitter water cooler, if you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, you and I end up kind of chatting back and forth. Uh And I was listening to the podcast at the time just because, (laughs) you know, it's a great, it's a great thing to listen to because it makes me feel a little less alone and a little less isolated here in my little studio office. Sure. That's why um, I listen to podcasts too. Well, and you've got a friend in me, and it just became a Toy Story commercial, but that's uh, that's exactly what, what was happening. And I was listening to all these people that I admire and follow their work, and I'm a huge fan of, and I've heard speak at Creative South. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
you know, I wonder if there's another nobody designer just like me somewhere listening to this same podcast, and I wonder what's going through their mind, what their thoughts are. And so I just tweeted basically exactly that, you know, I wonder what it would be like for uh, a, a nobody designer to be on this spot. <laughs> and you, you chimed in, you're like, yeah, let's do it. And that completely knocked my feet out from under me. And I was completely unprepared to respond <laughs> simply because it's, it's, I'm, just, I'm just making stupid jokes here. People I'm not <laughs> expecting real things to happen. And, uh, but you said, yeah, let's, let's bring that on. It might be on you know, your most interesting, my, our most interesting show, uh, which I find laughable and completely impossible. But here we are today talking about a, uh, a goofy joke on Twitter that became that became a podcast interview. So I, so what I mean by all that junk is thank <laughs> you, Jason, for having me on to uh, talk about my little world for a moment. Sure. So, uh, well, let, 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 let's talk about uh, the, uh, the view that you're a nobody designer. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, I think the better phrasing of it is you're not a well you're not a household name designer. How about how would we put that? And I and that's I fall perfect. into that same category. So yeah. that's you know you're not you're not a draplin. You're not a, like you said James Victoria. You're not a you know Sagmeister or Pentagram Michael Beirut. I'm over here in Oklahoma shoveling vectors and pixels for folks to try to make them some more money, uh, and that's what I love to do. Um, yeah. And yeah, so and and again, just in the light, or rather, in the next to people that you and I would consider "quote unquote" famous designers. Sure. Uh, just because we've heard them talk, we follow their work. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's uh, next to those folks. Yeah, we we don't know anybody. We're I'm, are, I, I'm saying we, and I'm throwing you under the bus, and I shouldn't do that. Oh no, feel free to, because okay. I am not a well-known designer. <laughs> okay. I I mean. <laughs> I work in-house for an industrial engineering firm. I'm yes. the creative director there. So I nobody sees my designs other than civil and chemical engineers, you know. My mind is going crazy with the cool patches for something like that to have happen. You know, that would be great if they uh enjoyed cool patches. Um oh, that yeah, generally that generally doesn't happen right. um, much. Right. It's uh, it's a lot of production work, um, a lot of rehashing the exact same thing over and over. I feel you. And convincing for three years that uh, you need to update a website. Sure. Um, convincing for another three years that you need to refresh the ad campaign Ugh. that should have been refreshed three years before that. Well, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's it's it's. By no means is it glamorous. By no means am I a well-known designer. I, you know, <laughs> hell, by no means am I a well-known podcaster. And that's okay. Hey, you've got you. I was listening, so if I'm yeah. listening to your podcast, that means you're on on a level that's you know at least give yourself some credit. At least one notch above about you know wherever the crap it is I am doing what I'm doing. <laughs> so take that sure. home with you in a package tied up in a bow. You know, that's the, the compliment of the day. I'll try to, my attempt is to drag you out from under the bus and, and redeem this entire conversation before uh, you, you told me to go away. Well, so when you tweeted it out, my first thought was, you know, a, why not talk to him? I mean, you don't, I've had people on here before who are definitely not well-known designers. Um, 
Some of them have now gone on to be a little more well-known as designers, which is odd. That's um, cool. That's good. That's... I mean, it's very cool. It's just seeing that is there's almost a weird parental pride that comes with that sometimes. Yes. But I would say that, you know, on the other side of that, most of our listeners, I would venture to say most of the listeners are not well-known designers. That's I mean, okay. I, you know, I don't have a huge following. I'm, you know, a couple thousand people every week listen to it. Um, I am one of those couple thousand and you're doing a great job, Jason. Keep it going. You and my wife. Um, <laughs> actually, she doesn't even listen to it every week. I'm pretty wah, sure. Wah. Sad trauma. Though, though if she does, she's going to listen to this one and then like hit me upside the head when <laughs> I say that. But um, yeah, some, I, I would venture to say most of the people who listen to this show aren't well-known designers. So, you know, part of the reason that I do talk to well-known designers is to give people a glimpse into that. No, you're going through the exact same thing as this well-known guy. They're still having to, um, you know, go out and find work. They're still having to, you know, do all the weird production stuff and find multiple income streams to make ends meet. I mean, something comforting about misery shared. I feel like there's some sort of gem of wisdom out there that has something to do with that or say something about that, that I'm not being able to recall right now, but (laughs) <laughs> but I, I'm I'm totally with you. Something about sharing a yoke of you know a burden or something like that. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. It's it's it it's always um, well, like I mentioned earlier, it's it to let to let you know that you're not alone out there doing this job. That even the guys that you can that you revere and think are at the top of their guys and ladies and gentlemen who are at mm-hmm. the top of their game. Um, are have the same client issues, have the same job issues and have a lot of the same struggles and heartaches and setbacks, but a lot of the same triumphs and a lot of the same uh, joys. And it's just nice to hear that you're part of a, a much larger universe than you can see in your, in, in, in your, what looks like to be a utility closet. <laughs> uh, this is my laundry room. My laundry studio. room for the win. My yeah, so this blanket that you see over here, and I'm sure people have heard this a hundred times, um, hides my washer and dryer. Then Never you can hide our, the washer. You can and see dryer. our old refrigerator here on the other side. Hey, is that the so beer fridge? Get, that is the beer fridge. Nice. Um, so if I get um, really bored, I can go grab myself another beer, and you know, hey, that's that's tops right there. So. When you've got the beer fridge handy. During the podcast, that's you're a wild animal. That's exactly what you need yeah. to do, man. That's so, though. Though I have reached the age where if I have more than two beers in a row, I start getting really nappy. You know, so. you got to know your limit. You got to know <laughs> yeah. your limit, I guess. Yeah, it's not. It's, I don't. Get, I don't get buzzed anymore. I just get tired. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's that's dad tired. That's that's also the difference between being in your forties versus being in your twenties. Well, that's what I've heard. That's <laughs> what I've heard, and I'm um, I'm staring down the barrel of forty myself, and so, uh, you know, I I'm, I've taken to just telling people that I'm forty uh-huh. because I look great for forty. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. Tell people you're older you are. And, yeah, and man. You, people think you look great. I there think, you go. I think I've got a few gray hairs somewhere that I, that, I, that I'll display prominently. Uh, I, yeah, mine are coming in quicker and quicker every day. Hey, as long as the hair staying on top of my head, I'm golden. That's what yeah. I hear. That's yeah. That I'm very happy about that. Mine, uh, mine is all in place. Right. I knew some um, dudes that didn't make it out of high school with, without a without a you know just a, just a tiny hair of 
speck of hair on their head, the poor guys. They just... That's all right. They're all tall, and that's awesome. I'm not they're a all, tall They're person. all tall, thin, and have more money than us, right? Well, that <laughs> it's, it seems to be kind of a repeatable thing that I can start pointing to now, which is kind of frightening that the tall guys are the ones that have no hair, but... You know, yeah. if, if you're uh, if you're rocking a, a towering five, six frame like me, then, you know, you get to keep your hair <laughs> or something. Some twisted deal that God makes with you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so let let let's uh, let's deviate track and kind of get back into the uh, normal routine of things. Cool. And, and uh, we, we can revisit the baldness and uh, sure. not being a well-known designer and all that uh on a, on a random tangent later down the road. So, you know, finally diving into the, uh, the normal path of things. Where did you grow up? Wow. I grew up in a town outside of Oklahoma city, just east of Oklahoma city called Shawnee. Okay. Uh, it's called Shawnee because in Oklahoma, every town and every County is named after an Indian tribe, just about, mm-hmm. uh, and the Shawnee are a people. Uh, and uh-huh. that, that's why the town is named Shawnee. And, uh, mm-hmm. I grew up there. I, we moved there when I was one, right after my dad got out of the air force. And, uh, I grew up in government sub, sub grew up in government subsidized native American housing. Uh, I was about to say you're Cherokee, right? I am. I am. I'm a Cherokee who's cleverly disguised as a pasty Scotsman. Uh, well, the beard will, you know. <laughs> The beard will do it. <laughs> right. That's exactly how I'd get it done. But no, I grew up in Shawnee. I mean, we're talking the whole nine yards, grade school, high school, or rather grade school, middle school, high school, and then a little stint after college and then moved back out closer to Oklahoma City after landing my first full-time design gig. Gotcha. Uh, and it was enough money to uh, get a mortgage because I wanted to be sure that I had a house to live in before I got married because there's okay. some, there's something about getting married than having to live with your parents that just didn't sit well with me like internally. No, no, that's odd. Okay, good. I wanted to make sure that everyone else thought that was odd as well. So, so yeah, got a little place out here just, just outside of the city and uh, have been here for the past, gosh, 13 years, gotcha. but love it, but love it. Gotcha. So yeah, Oklahoma city. Yeah, well, let, well, let's back up a little bit about your uh, time growing up in Shawnee. Were you an uh, artsy kid? Um, at 5'6", I don't imagine you were the king of the basketball court. So. <laughs> king of no court. <laughs> Me and any sport that involves a ball of any sort, like at all, I'm just not, it's just not my gift, man. It's just not um, my gift. I'm the same I'm the same way. Not my gift at all. Um, so you said back up to talk about, about being a little kid. I... Uh, was a was always the smallest kid of my class. Was always mm-hmm. kind of the uh, littlest person. Uh, I got into drawing mm-hmm. stuff. I was kind of one of those kids that could go to his room and, as a little kid, just be happy being left alone drawing with mm-hmm. crayons and markers all day. Sure. Um. That doesn't mean that I was necessarily introverted so much as I kind of liked, I liked my quiet me time when I got quiet me time Mm -hmm. uh, and developed the skill of learning how to, you know, see something with my eye and repeat it with my hand and draw. So I was the little, 
I was the little kid who could draw in grade school. Um, gotcha. And so it was Batman for me. Every day, Batman doing everything, doing something. It was always just Batman. Batman all the time. Sure. Uh, I'm still a huge Batman fan. Because I mean, you he, can't go wrong with Batman. He's, he's got the best car. I mean, that's that's yeah. an awesome – you go to any one of them and they're all cool. So yeah, uh, very cool car. I was always the little kid who could draw and um, never – you know, went to like art camp. I remember going mm-hmm. to a couple of art camps uh, okay. and kind of went to uh, – I didn't go to any artsy schools or anything. I'm not sure if there's really anything like that out there in Shawnee. I'm sure there is now, but <laughs> – but I, I mean, I wasn't always wasn't really aware of it if if uh, if there were. Sure. So when when you got up into like high school and all, were you taking like all the art classes that were available to you, or did, <sighs> were you just kind of still doing it as this is fun for me when I need some me time? Just like anything that you would consider a hobby, it it was a fun me time thing. I would take art classes simply because. It was an elective that you could take that wasn't something else. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, these people that take math as a, as an elective, high five, God, we need you. Uh, but that ain't me. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I would. Uh, Mister Betterton, Mark Betterton, was my high school art teacher, and of course, like most high schoolers, I tried just enough to. To get uh, to get by, I wasn't out to make waves or make a name for myself or anything. I was just trying to make a decent enough grade so my parents wouldn't get mad at me and so that I would pass the class. Sure. Uh, I found the assignments that I got to be. I'm not going to say oh they were all incredibly easy because I'm an incredible artistic talent. That's bull. Uh, I had to work at it a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, just like anything that you try to do well. Uh, but I think it was my drive to make sure I did a good job that kind of separated me from other students who had pens and pencils in their hands. Um, mm. My teacher did an excellent job of explaining to us and showing us that it doesn't really matter the tools that you use to do the job if if you have a brain and a mind that can kind of pick up with any tool and make what you want to see on the page happen. Uh, he right. did, he so, did this, so he was, he focused on concept. He, he did it. Ama- yeah. He did an amazing job of teaching, I guess, technique, uh, and the skill, mm-hmm. the skill of seeing, mm-hmm. which is highly, uh, highly valuable, especially in our industry to be able to see a solution where there isn't one and make it out of seemingly nothing. The magic that happens when you put a pencil on a piece of paper. Uh, I mean, because what we get, you know, uh, as designers, illustrators, creative types, most times we're blind to the kind of the magic thing that happens when we apply ourselves toward a goal whether sure. it be a drawing, whether it be something we're designing, to other people that aren't designers, that's you are David Copperfield uh, <laughs> if you can do that. But to us, we take it for granted. We think it's no big deal, uh, and so it's 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 fun to kind of sometimes 
try to get out of my own head and get out of my own shoes and look at it from someone else's perspective to appreciate it because I don't think we appreciate ourselves like we should or give sure. ourselves the breaks that we need to. Um, no, I know I'm hard on myself. Well, being hard on yourself. I mean, come on. I mean, we're, we're so hard on ourselves already. Uh, so anyway, that's I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. What was your question? <laughs> Did I answer your question? Yes, and then we we expanded on it greatly. We were talking about uh, taking art classes in high school. So 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 wrapping back up into that, um, when you got out of high school, did you go to college? Did I did? I went to the where, university, you go? the University of Central Oklahoma in Edmond, Oklahoma. Uh, okay. uh, Edmond is not an Indian name, so that's okay. You can scratch that one off the list. Sure. But uh, yeah, uh, the University of Central Oklahoma, be, and come to find out, they have one of the what I would consider one of the better design programs in Oklahoma. I will catch flat for that, but hey, I don't care. I said it out loud, and I graduated from there, so I'm a little bit partial. Um, went there and didn't start out as a design major. What did you start out as? Started out as a creative writing major and a psychology major. Okay. How does, yeah. How, so I can, I mean, both can be very useful in what you do on a day to day, but how did you migrate from creative writing and psychology to design? I still have a love for psychology. Uh, Not so much the creative writing part. <laughs> the creative writing part has become something that I've, I've learned that I, need the bad part about it is i can't spell anything correctly and i use the worst grammar written i i, I use the worst grammar on the planet and so sure. i'm very easy to laugh at on twitter if you look at my website you will find many many misspellings and grammar errors you know uh, they have this thing called spell check right i know but it I, i'll have <laughs> that's properly a, that's an spelled extra key words. command that you're gonna oh, do gosh it's just so oh you'll difficult. have the proper you'll have properly spelled words just the wrong version of that word yes yeah i mean many of those uh so uh creative writing uh psychology major still love psychology loved those classes uh and I was taking a writing for advertising class in the sure. journalism department. And one of the classes that day was to watch a video because it was a video because it, I'm old. Uh, and it was about an advertising agency, what an advertising agency is, what it does, mm -hmm. the people that are employed at advertising agencies, what their jobs are, the different roles, the different tasks, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there in class, kind of bored, uh, and they talk to a guy, and under his name it says creative director. And I fell in love with his desk. He had all these cool toys on his desk. He had gotcha. little origami things on his. And I'm a huge. I'm a. I'm an origami fan. I gotta tell you. So forever, I have been since I was a little kid. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, origami stuff, toys, Legos. On the wall behind him, he had cool posters, uh, it's, it's scribbly pictures that his kids drew up everywhere. Uh, he was the only guy not in a suit, which mm -hmm. made him, which made him stand out to me. Uh, he had long hair. He seemed really relaxed and fun-loving. And it made me kind of take notice. And I was like, at the end of class, I asked my professor, I was like, 
who is that guy and what does he do? He seems gainfully employed and doesn't seem yeah. like he's, you know, a, a gray zombie trudging to work every day. And my professor, uh, Professor Illidge, uh, pointed me toward the art building, specifically toward the design hall in the art building, right next sure. door to the journalism building. He said, go there, talk to somebody about classes and uh, and take it from there. And so I did. So the next day I went over, talked to some of the professors that were in the design sliver of the art building. Mm -hmm. And that day I changed my major to graphic design with a minor in advertising. Gotcha. And so that's what I earned a BFA in, uh, uh, BFA in graphic design with a minor in advertising. Still no... All the ad stuff worked, uh, interned at a couple or one really good agency in town. And to this day, pitch it for some mid mid to larger agencies in town whenever, they're, mm -hmm. whenever their uh, team is swamped. I'll get a call. So, so overflow work and stuff like that. Overflow, which is great because you don't sure. have to sell the value of what you do to a client. Nope. Somebody's already done the legwork for you. Uh, the brief, talking to the client, everything. It's just like, hey... We've got a thing. Here's the brief. We'll connect you to our base camp. Can you do it? Yes, I can. I became mm -hmm. Bob the Builder. I'm not sure what that's up with that right now. It's probably because I have a three-year-old. Uh, <laughs> I would hope so. If not, that's a little no, weird. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have any children, but I'm a Bob the Builder fan. Avoid that guy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He has a panel van. and uh... <laughs> A panel van. Just don't buy a panel van. If you're going to be a creeper, no. don't buy a panel van. I'm guessing. I, I highly recommend you just don't buy a panel van. That's uh I highly recommend you just don't be a creeper, but it's two sides of the same coin, I think. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> no, but I, I I I really did fall in love with uh learning to problem solve and learning to think like a designer. My design the design chair, the dean of the design department, uh when I took my first design class, his doctorate is in psychology. And really? so innately, we came to the table kind of speaking the same language of mm -hmm. discerning and, and discovering the origins of uh, people's behavior and people's thought patterns and why they thought certain things and how design influenced that. I found sure. fascinating and fell in love with. And so, yeah, I... Went through all the classes, did all the work. It was pretty grueling. It was very satisfying and rewarding. Uh, and here I am, all these years later, still practicing. Uh, I think, I think I can. There's only a handful of, of folks that I went to, to class with that I know are practicing designers today, which is it kind of breaks my heart. But I, I would love this, to see the statistics on the number of graduating seniors for every design class. Sure. And, that, you know, five years how later, how many it? of them are practicing that craft in the field? Yeah. I, I don't remember how many would, but I know of at least three or four that went directly into nursing like a year after. And we need nurses. Nurses yeah. are awesome. I know a lot of nurses and that's great. My whole thing is, well, what were you doing then? Why were you wasting your time learning about color theory, for God's sakes? Go yeah, and that, go. Doesn't, that doesn't help you out a whole lot in nursing. No, it does not. So, so yes, yeah, so I, I get to 
do this job. And that's the perspective mm. I take with it is that this job is a privilege. And I mean, I'm not, we're not doing hard work here. We're clicking mice and, and, uh, and, uh, typing on a keyboard. So I, I don't take that for granted, uh, sure. that I get to do this job. And so, and I get to do it in the comfort of my own home office, which is awesome. And yeah. is the only way I would suggest folks do it if they had a choice. And sure. uh, so that's, yeah, I, that's the perspective I take with it. Well, well, let's talk about that, getting to do it in your home office and talk about how you got there. When you got out of college, did you go straight uh, into freelancing or did you work for, um, you know, did you work in-house or agency? What, what, what did you do when you got out of college? Okay, so I graduate college. Boom, you're done. Now what? <laughs> I I felt fully unprepared, and at my senior show, I was talking. I, I think everyone does. Yeah, I was talking to my my prof- one of my professors, and I was confiding in him. I was like, I I feel fully unprepared to do this as a job, you know, tomorrow morning. Sure. And he 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 spoke some wisdom into me and took some time, and he said, "Man, you're." You're completely prepared, even though you don't feel like it. But his point was, I I can't convince you that you are. You're the one that's going to have to step out there and realize it. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, the first thing I did was go back to work for my dad at a a deli in in Shawnee for a time. Just to get my crap together and get the, the stuff sent out to kind of put feelers out to find a job in this industry. Sure. Uh, interviewed some places and had a small portfolio from doing some work for some screen printers during college mm-hmm. and found a job at a, uh, a large manufacturer here in Oklahoma City who uh, manufactures, what, what do I call it? I guess mist, mixed martial arts gear and martial arts stuff. So, like the pads and the geese and the right and like the belts the, and the they manufacture that. But where I worked was kind of a sub department of their in-house agency, sure. and I was in charge of putting karate teachers studios logos on those things. Oh, uh, and and like creating the art for that and recreating the art for that and putting dragons on the back of karate uniforms and. Uh, and I was doing that from a very, very small office that used to be a coat closet with no ventilation at all. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. So it was marvelous. But Much like my exciting laundry room. Here. Exactly like the laundry room. No beer fridge. That would have been awesome. But, yeah. well, you know, I got to meet a bunch of people and make some good friends and make some good relationships from there. From there, I uh, went to another screen printing company and did uh, design and art for them for a time. Uh, and then from there, I got hired on as an art director for a large nonprofit here in the city. Mm-hmm. And I was in charge of ground up creating, designing all of the promotional pieces and materials to all of the events and conferences sure. that they hold sure. every year. Did that job for about five years. I'm sorry. I'm giving you the really long layout of a, this if, if this no, if, at any point gets really boring like it already hasn't not been boring <laughs> you can be like hey so did anything explode or were there any dragons 
uh, sure. and, and I can liven it up, I hope. Uh, so <laughs> after about five years there, again, made some wonderful connections. Uh, they're still one of my biggest clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, decided that it was time to step out on my own and try this thing out on, on my own working for myself because it had been kind of a dream for a long time. Sure. Um, to do, to do this job on my own. Of course, I feel like I do what I see a lot of folks doing that work in house is you work in house, but you have this online persona of, Mm -hmm. I'm a fully independent working for myself, dude, but I totally have a day job at unspoken place that I don't talk about publicly kind of a thing i may be the only one that did that but i no i I do that i'm guilty of it i I mean i still kind of do it that's okay i don't don't shy away from the fact that i work in-house somewhere but if i'm especially if i'm talking to a client or a potential client now let me rephrase if i'm talking to a potential client i don't lead with hey this is something i'm doing on the side Because that doesn't breed confidence in uh, your ability to handle their needs. It does not grease the skids of the sale, my friend. It it certainly kind of pulls the reins on it. Sure. But, I mean, I have the luxury of, and this is a pretty recent thing of, well, it's not a recent thing that my wife's a designer. My wife's been a designer as long as I have. But um, it's a pretty recent thing within the past just few months that we've started, like, teaming up and working together on stuff. Cool. I can't, I mean, I, I have a day job. I can't work on stuff right. for my freelance clients while I'm at work. Is she also you an know? in-house? No, no, no. She's a, she's fully freelance. Cool. Yeah. So she, well, uh, I've got to stop you. We got to call it independent. Independent. We've, we've got it. We've got to distance ourselves from the word free. <laughs> that is no I, bueno. <laughs> I am not bothered by that word, and uh, I, you know, it's, I understand why some people are, but it's one of those where it's like, freelance doesn't mean I'm giving my work away from free, right, I have to right. explain it to you. That's a weed out situation exactly, for me. Exactly, exactly. It's like, if you don't understand that freelance means that I work independently, then. We should not work together. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't work together, yeah. No, so I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. If I get to a point where, you know. My wife and I are working on stuff full time together all the time. I will not be referring to myself as a freelancer at that point. But good, good. I've no, got to, I, I had a. I've got to get to that point at some level. <laughs> sure. Oh well, no, that's that's super cool, and I want to talk about that uh, in a second. I I was in an interesting Twitter conversation about the terms uh, in house, freelance, and independent, mm-hmm. and I kind of what we all decided is that there's in-house, which we all kind of know what that is. Sure. If you're in-house, but you're also doing design work, I'm going to refer to that as freelance. Okay. And if you're fully independent, I'm going to call that independent. Okay. Uh, That's the way I have to separate it in my mind. That way I don't step on any toes. Sure. Uh, And, uh, so yeah, so uh, that I've, I made a little interesting graphic for it and everything because when you work for yourself, you get to make fun little junk like that and show people. It's it's great. <laughs> I'll see if I can't dig it up and, and send it your way. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's I, you mentioned something that completely blows my mind, and I I would almost I mean I'll never be able to get to be able to experience it, but I want to hear it from you. Sure. 
being married to a designer. I'm yes. I'm a guitarist. I I am a, I'm am a musician, and so mm-hmm. I married uh, a a, a concert trained pianist, a, a piano performance summa cum laude graduating music reading music loving pianist. And so, so she can play more than chopsticks. Oh my goodness. So yeah, no, <laughs> she's got huge projects in the works. And so I married a musician and I can communicate with my spouse on that level. We know, we know music. We talk about music and that's kind of our language. Sure. It, it, it is always fascinating to me and interesting to me when designers are married to other designers because I'm, it blows my mind. I'm like, that's so wonderful. But I also hear from some of these same couples that yeah, it's wonderful, but sometimes it's a curse because you either you are at odds with each other on some ideas, or mm-hmm. you just can't stop talking about design all the time. You we tell me. Ta- so <sighs> we don't talk about design that much outside of projects we are working on. Huh. You're able to keep the the delineation clear when it comes to like family and work and all that. Yeah, I mean, I got two kids that need to be taken care of. Yeah, we need to spend time. We need to spend time with them, and we're a family. We're a family first. Good designers, you know, help support all of that. Good. So, you know, I, I mean, it's not like it never comes up, and we'll talk about you know, you know, like with the stuff that goes on on Design Twitter now, where people are feuding about stuff. We'll talk about <laughs> that stuff. Designers um, get angry. Yes. So we talk about that stuff and we'll talk about, oh, did you see that cool thing that someone so put out and stuff like that? But it's not, you know, it's not constant discussions. I mean, it, it's just like a normal, like a normal couple. You talk about, you know, what did you do today? Yeah. yeah. I did this, cleaned up after the kids. Yeah. Uh, you know, got stuff ready for the week. Cleaned up around the house, blah, blah, blah. When you're married yeah. and you have children, they tend to dominate the thought pattern and conversation when yeah, work you, is not directly happening. You end up talking about poop way too much. There's so I much know. poop. Can we yep. talk about, oh gosh, there's the poop. Okay, first of all, it's, okay, I don't even. And this I is going to be the point where we're either going to hold people's interest because they're laughing so oh, hard well, or, or people are going to run screaming. <laughs> the, the poop is a, is a whole nother level of no one, nothing. Okay, kids, nothing can prepare you for the poop. I'm just letting you know uh, from my mouth to your ears, something about that sounds creepy, but just yeah, the especially poop. when you're talking about poop. Okay. Listen to the two dads who are designers who, who know something about your world, <laughs> just wrap your mind around the sheer amount of poop. So, yeah, it, it's, well, it's, it's not an even issue. That. It's, it's the, a thing. You have discussions about, oh, did did this kid poop today? Right. Well, he hasn't gone in a couple of days. Maybe right. we should give him some Miralax. Right. <laughs> These are normal things. These yeah. are normal things that you talk about. There's These are the, conversations there's, I've never had before. Kids oh, oh, you have, okay. If you like to uh, just just uh, wade into the weird, if you will, with me for a moment, sure. the conversation. I think we've already done that. <laughs> well, have, have you met us? Um, no, <laughs> when you when you are a designer, or if you're an any an, okay, I'm going to open it up. Anybody, when yeah. you have kids, the the your 
humor, your perspective is so drastically shifted uh, that it makes horrible things funny. Yeah, that's makes, why dad jokes came to be. Oh, right. And it makes and it makes funny things either even more funny or incredibly less funny. And the case yes. of dad jokes. Yes. That's I mean, the what was the thing I, I I tweeted this the other day. Please don't follow me on Twitter. I say dumb things. I uh, said went to went to the new uh, uh, Asian restaurant run by millennials, and all I got were eye rolls. <laughs> but uh, ching. see, it's that bad. Yeah. It's it's that yeah. level of awful jokes. But then there's you know the poop and the projectile vomit and the other wonderful things about having kids. But it's yeah. the wonderful things about having kids that are so much more wonderful than you can kind of describe. Mm. That uh, that make it er, er, all the other it makes all the wiping and the illness uh worth it to me personally yeah well uh, and i'm gonna butcher this and i don't remember what comedian i heard say it's having kids is like living with a drunk roommate Mm -hmm. who who doesn't pay the bills yeah drunk roommate uh jim gaffigan if you have probably yeah yeah that sounded like a gap a drunk friend who is always trying to kill themselves yes yeah, that, that's the uh, that's the joy of parenthood. Oh my gosh, if you want a taste of what it's actually... Our friend Jim tells the truth. He speaks yeah. the truth. His wisdom is legit. So if you're thinking about kids, folks, just listen to Jim. He'll set you straight on the actual... And uh, you can make your decision-making process from there. But he's he's the, the only research I would point you to because he sure. you know, only only the jester tells the king the truth. So listen to the guy; he's got some wisdom to drop on you. Sure. So, so getting back on uh, back to the question that you asked me. Sorry about, about that. Uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> that's uh, the, the tangents are fun. Mm. Um, that you were asking me about what it's like. It's. I mean, we have normal conversations. We don't talk about design all that much. I mean, it's, you know, what do you, what do you want to watch on TV tonight? What, yeah. You want, to, you want to catch up on Colbert because we weren't able to stay up for it last night? Never able. You know, do you, yeah. Do you, do you know, what's going on with Property Brothers? It's. I'm a Jimmy Fallon fan, and yeah. uh, I don't think I've ever gotten to see a full one of his shows simply because I past 10 p.m., are you kidding? There's, yeah. there's, there's no, no. I, I go to sleep. I'm, I'm. I, uh, I would like to, but I'm up either doing a freelance project or yeah. doing something with the podcast. And oh. you know, I'm. I can tell you though, tonight I've been up, um, well past one a.m. the past pretty much since Monday. Yeah. And tonight I, my body can't take it anymore. I'm gonna go crash early. Um, pretty much the minute I get my kids in bed, um, I'm going to go brush my teeth, fall in, fall asleep in front of the TV until my wife tells me to go crawl in bed. Let's talk. Um, let's talk about the sleep deprivation for a moment. Oh if, if, if you're, yes, yes, God, if you're, if you're interested in having kids, it does get better. I will say it that. will. Yeah. Yeah. But try this fun experiment. Don't sleep. For about a week, and then try to work a crossword puzzle with a car horn blaring in both ears, and see how pleasant your attitude is. Because I guarantee you, that's just scratching the surface when you're a parent with young kids. 
That's just barely scratching it. I so remember, I got I got one of those Facebook memory posts the other yeah. day, and it was from when my kids were born, like right after my kids were born, um, and my wife and I are sitting next to each other on the sofa. We've each got a kid in the arm, and we look like death. <laughs> I mean, we just we look sickly. It looks we look so horrible. They use sleep deprivation as a wartime torture, torture yeah. device. <laughs> yeah. And you bring it on yourself willingly when you have children. I'm yep. just making folks out there aware. I'm not saying don't have kids. They're amazing. They're wonderful. They shift your life forever. If you are <laughs> in the position to have kids, do it. They are amazing. Just be aware of the pitfalls, my friend. That's all yeah. I'm wanting to have happen. Yeah. And and if you don't have kids, we apologize for the past 10 minutes of conversation. They've checked out. They, I mean, I would have. They've checked out. There's nothing happening in this podcast that they find remotely <laughs> yeah. interesting. Uh, other than the fact that these two old dads are talking about their jobs. <laughs> and that can or cannot be funny depending on how much beer you've had. I see you're throwing something back there. Yeah, I've got a uh, dogfish head ale session sour. Hey, stick with um, dogfish. They they'll they'll not do you wrong. Any craft brew in America, man, give them a high five. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I uh, and and I want to get to that because I saw something about you homebrewing. We'll get to that in a minute. Yes, but let's get back onto um, topic for a few minutes. I'm um, sorry. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying this. I'm I'm hoping other people will as well. Um, <laughs> Which sounded like an insult, so I apologize for that. I did not mean it that way. Well, I'm <laughs> going to take it as an insult because it's popular to be very insulted at things people say. Sure, just look at Twitter. Um, so, 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 what was it that made you step out on your own? I mean, was it just you want you'd always been wanting to do this, and you'd finally built up enough clientele where it was a feasible situation? Was it uh, a mutual decision on the uh, part of your former employer and yourself um i will tell you the truth jason sure after about six months to a year of working the job i have mm. uh i really started heavy researching what it would take to do this job on my own not sure. because not because i didn't like my job i did uh, not because I didn't love my boss. He's an amazing boss. I would walk into fire with him today if he asked me to. Um, it was just there was something internal that I felt was lacking or that I wasn't or that I had convinced myself that I wasn't experiencing. So about six months into a year of this gig at the big nonprofit, I started becoming a voracious reader. I read mm -hmm. everything I could get my hands on, every book, every blog. Uh, about how to what to do to make a transition like this to give it the best shot because we've all heard the statistics that nine out of ten businesses fail in their first year mm -hmm. and eight out of ten of the businesses that survive their first year don't make it five years sure and so i was intent on making sure that that wasn't going to be me because i don't like being a statistic mm -hmm. um it became from a lot of prayer, a lot of encouragement from my wife, uh, who has been a, a piano teacher since college, uh, mm -hmm. or, or has rather, she's not a piano teacher. She is a songwriter, musician, uh, classically trained pianist who happens to teach piano. 
uh-huh. but she's organized that in such a way that she's very successful at it and has made very steady income stream from it, mm-hmm. which is awesome. So she, so she was one of the biggest influencers in me stepping out to do, to do this on my own because she, she could tell that I was unhappy mm-hmm. uh, and it wasn't with the people I work with or the job necessarily, but that I was restless. You just weren't feeling fulfilled. I don't know if it's about fulfilled even still, but it just, but yeah, I was, I was not, I was not the Clint that she married, that she sure. wanted, you know, and we had just had our first son and, uh, she was like, you know, I want, I want our kid to have a happy dad and mm-hmm. to, uh, a, a dad that loves his job and who's passionate, who's on fire for what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we did way back in 2007 is we took a financial class that uh, gave us a real good grip on how to how to make the money that we earned, me, you know, as, as little as it was, how to make it work powerfully for us. Sure. Uh, and that put us on a track that allowed us to become debt free except for our mortgage. And so we had zero debt except for our mortgage and we had – at the at the time we had about a year or so worth of set aside money that we didn't touch mm-hmm. meaning we could both not work for uh, almost a year and a half wow. and, and have plenty of income to pay our expenses without lifting a finger so sure. she looked at the finances she looked at me she said it's time go in tomorrow and give them give them your uh, two weeks notice. And Mm -hmm. so it was around March, gosh, March, about four years ago, five years ago now. And, uh, talked to my boss and I, and said, Hey, it's, it's time for me to do this on my own. And he he said, he's wise guy. Uh, just, he was like, I I felt, I, he, he told, he still, he told me that he had felt this coming for so long that he had just, was waiting for me to pull the trigger on it. My own boss. Sure. Uh, and that wasn't because he saw a lack in quality in the work or the lack in quality in the attitude. He just knew that there was something that I needed to feed. Mm-hmm. And he was fully supportive of it, which is the best of circumstances that anyone could ever want. And so I gave him three weeks notice, uh-huh. like almost a whole extra month to find, to find someone to do my job there. Uh, sure. It finally came my time. I, I left and stepped out on my own. I had they they were one of my biggest clients and still are. And I had a small list of clients that I've uh, shockingly been able to maintain this entire time. Uh, and so for the past five going four going on five years of being fully independent. Uh, on a graphic designer's salary and a piano teacher's salary. Last year, my wife and I celebrated a huge milestone in our marriage and in our life. We got to write a check to the bank and pay off our home mortgage. Nice. Uh, And just, uh, it still kind of blows my mind to this day that, you know, you can work hard at something you love, both of you. And be working toward a major goal. And when you hit that goal, just it's kind of an indescribable feeling. Uh, yeah. And so that's that's where I'm at now. That's why I have this perspective of, man, this is what I get to do. 
Sure. Uh, so, so the optimist in me is very excited that you were able to pay off your house. The pessimist in me just went, oh, well, now it's time for things to start falling apart. <laughs> You like know? as far as the house, not like yeah, you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now, now, well, now it's time for the new roof. Now it's time right, for the air conditioner. Right. No. <laughs> and, and that happened. That that things like that happen. But the beauty on the plus side, you don't have to worry about the monthly mortgage payment. Well, there you to go. Hold you back from saving up more money. Exactly. Uh, so that's getting funneled into college savings and uh, retirement savings, and we still have multiple, multiple months worth of savings that are set aside that we don't touch for emergencies only. And we've had to build up that financial muscle, my wife and I. I don't, over the I don't past think seven you need years. to save up for retirement because, depending on what side of the aisle fall on, either the the world's gonna um, melt down um, from the environment or from politics. So, yeah. Well, if you yeah. listen too much to the news, the world's been ending for the past, you know, sixty, seventy years, and so true. They've just uh, they've hyped it up a lot more the past. Oh uh, yeah. Well, they've got the to have something to sell advertising for, right? So yeah, yeah exactly. I, I get that. So <laughs> no, I'm very jaded when I watch uh, news media because I know that their job is to is to get people excited and get people watching so that they have something to sell their advertisers because it's sure. kind of that's. That's it. You, you can tell you took enough journalism classes to realize that. Oh gosh, yeah. You know, the 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 news channels, while they may be reporting stuff, they still have to pay for it, well, and they are going to do the things to, that they have to to get the most viewers. There is nothing that's for why free, you, and it's it's free to watch on television because someone is paying for those ads, and that's okay. I, I'm not yep. against that system. If anything, nope. if anything, I'm 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 a champion of that system. That's awesome. Uh, but it's it. It keenly makes me aware and and kind of lifts the veil whenever I watch something on television these days, uh, news wise. Is that they need they need shocking. It's they need uh, dog yeah. whistle stuff because that's what gets you to pay attention long enough to see the car commercial. Yep. And everyone's happy and everyone goes home. And that's yep. and that's fine. And I'm not against that system at all. Uh, it's just. I love uh, letting the free market economy work and work its magic, and that's why we ha- all have jobs. And so to, sure. ba- to bash the very system that it, that's, that's been put in place for us to uh, pay off mortgages is uh, kind of, I don't know, hypocritical of me. And yeah. so uh, <laughs> it's just a little bit. And so yeah. that's that's why I'm uh, that that's why I have that perspective for it. But wow, sure. strange tangents. Sorry about that. Let's keep talking. No, no, that's that's fine. So so you know with. Being an independent designer, see, I said it right. Um, hey, you didn't say it wrong. It's just saying it differently. That's all I'm asking. Yes. Um, I said it your preferred way. Ah, thank you, thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, you know, there's there's a there's a lot of balls you got to juggle at the same time. You've got to be an actual business person. Let's talk about the balls. Okay, that didn't sound weird at all. No, um, no, it's it's uh, it's more akin to an egg, a bowling ball, a grapefruit, a live baby, an on a chainsaw that's turned on, a torch, a sword, and, and a rabbit pit uh, bull. And, yeah, and a rabbit pit bull that you're juggling. That's about as close as I can kind of uh, uh, illustrate what it's like to uh, be a parent to uh, work for yourself uh, from a home office and do. Uh, all the many things required to make sure that you're sending yourself a paycheck at the beginning of each month. Sure. So how are you finding what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are? What do you, I'm assuming you probably have an accountant for the end of the year and you probably have, you know, 
at least a lawyer that you can call if you uh, have a contract question, things like that. But, you know, the day to day of those things, because I'm sure not every contract that you have goes through your lawyer. Um, You probably have a you probably have a base contract. And unless the uh, unless you pitch a client that wants to start making changes to the contract, you don't need to call them. Right. Exactly. Um, No, having friends that have, quote unquote, real jobs is essential. Uh, yeah. and I've got a, uh, CPA and I'm t- okay. Here's the secret. Here's the secret sauce. Hire a CPA to do your, uh, end of year business and tax filings and personal tax filings. Mm-hmm. It is the, it, 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 for us, because we're both self-employed, it's a little bit funky for our taxes. Uh, and, sure. and because we both work out of our home offices at home, uh, it, it's a little more complicated and a bit more of a hairball because, hey, there have we have unreadable tax codes in this country. So uh-huh. it makes it worth every dime of that what sometimes bumps up to be around four or five hundred dollars. But it is the easiest check I write all year because it it saves us the headache and the stress of knowing that uh that everything with the government is taking is, is, has been taken care of in a way that is so legit that it makes me happy somewhere deep in my heart. Uh, our, we have a CPA friend that I worked with at the nonprofit, and he does mm-hmm. he does he does wait for it he does freelance CPA work for small folks, small businesses like like me and my wife. Uh, sure. So he's someone that we rely on at the end of the year. I've got a couple. I've got more attorney buddies than I can think of. I'm like the only one that didn't become an attorney. Mm-hmm. So, yes, if there's ever uh, an, uh, an issue with a reading of something, I'll send it to them. And they'll be like, yeah, this is this is good. Or uh, you want to watch out for this word or that word. Or maybe you should add this word or that word. And mm-hmm. a couple hundred bucks uh, for their time, it makes it well worth it, especially if I'm able to re- use and reuse uh, a contract or an agreement that I uh, need to be sure of with uh, some some larger clients. Uh, yeah. But yes, having so- some of those things locked down is is essential. And my my advice would would be to not be afraid to reach out to those professionals and pay them what they want because they will save your butt so much stress and and worry for doing so that you, so that you're freed up to do the job that you love. Sure. So with, with being an independent designer as well, I know one of the things that you mentioned is you do overflow work for other, you know, small, large, medium agencies in town. Um, how, how have you cultivated those relationships and how have you, you know, what's that initial pitch like of, hey, you know, uh, if you ever need uh, some extra help, let me uh, let me know. Luckily, in Oklahoma City, I would really have to give all of the credit to, from what I can see, our close-knit design community. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a time, a bunch of us designers, in-house, independent, whatever you want to call us, would get together just for a thing on Twitter we would call Design Lunch. Sure. Uh, and it's never like been a formalized thing. It's just a couple guys got together and said, hey we all do the same kind of work. Let's get together for lunch and talk shop. Mm -hmm. 
And that has, uh, or had grown to the point where we had, you know, sometimes bumping up close to 30 people meeting together for lunch. And it's just, you know, like any good thing that happens, it's, it, it's all based on and sprung from just casual relationships that you start with people and you get to know them and their work and they get to know you and your work. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the guys are creative directors or art directors. Some of the guys are in-house other places. Uh, and I didn't intend, I didn't go there seeking, looking for work. I went there looking for camaraderie. Oh, they'll smell through that right away. So. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, and because I, I, a lot of independent guys like me just work in you know, a small office and we jump at the chance to get out of the office, especially if it's with a group of of people that do the same job and have kind of the, you know, kind of a cheers thing where everyone knows your name. Uh, sure. And so we would get together for design lunch and uh, I've developed and cultivated just some relationships with some guys that I can just call up on the phone and they, they know me, I know them. It was never through a formalized anything. And so one day uh, uh, one of my buddies from design lunch said, Hey, I've got a buddy who's a creative director who's looking for someone anyone that can help because he's at a mid-sized agency and he's always swamped. He's always mm-hmm. just eat up with, with work, which is an excellent problem to have, but not if you're the guy who's having to do it all. So sure. Uh, I said, yeah, have him give me a call. Uh, and it kind of became, um, a great rapport between us because it was like, Hey, so-and-so gave your, gave me your information. I know he's legit. So I'm assuming you are, uh, you know, what, you know, what's your hourly rate? Uh, here's a project. I'm going to add you to our base camp, uh, read through the brief. I need X, Y, Z deliverable by this day. Cool. Mm-hmm. I, you know, plug in, do the job, send it out. Hey, this looks awesome. Send me your invoice. Perfect. Bing, bang, boom. I've sent it to their accountant and in two or three weeks, uh, a check shows up in the mail. Easiest money you can make in this industry. If you're, if, if I'm, if I'm telling you. And I'm trying to grow that. Actually, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see if any other stressed out creative directors out out there in Oklahoma uh, are are in need of that. Because it, what kind of struck me is that I, he said that I was like one of the only ones, and I I can't believe it. Surely, surely, I'm not the only one. So there's plenty of work out there, especially for the sure. guys that are trying to get it all done uh, in their offices. And I've also connected with a, I'm going to use a word here, but bear with me. It's, sure. it's a firm out of Canvas, can, Canvas out of Kansas City that uh-huh. ha, their, their business model is based off cra- a crowdsourcing model. Sure. But bear with me. It's, uh, it's not it's, all bad. It's the best of circumstances because what it is, it's, it, it used to be invite only, but now I think just anyone can apply to be a uh, a part part of this group. And it's a group of copywriters, uh, creatives, uh, designers, art directors, creative directors who are grouped around a a brief. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets paid mm-hmm. uh, for their ideas. Everyone gets paid for their input. Sometimes if uh, this group has a very specific job or specific request, they'll tap a couple, a few people from this group that they've managed to cobble together online. 
and mm-hmm. those those people will submit ideas and uh, most of the time it's just ideas sometimes it's executions on ad work or executions on logos or branding but it's such a wonderful thing again because I'm not having to sell the value of what I do the value of what I do is built in and they know that they come to the table with respect which is huge but they also come to the table with money mm-hmm. and so that is that which is huger <laughs> which is great if when you're trying to pay your light bill yeah um so I'm trying to develop some more of those relationships, uh, and I, I guess what I'm going to call them—I I don't know if there's a name for them. I'm sure there are, but I'm going to—I'm going to call them virtual firms. Sure. So if you take a traditional ad, advertising agency model, and you remove the building, and you remove the offices, and you—it's a remote co-op. It's kind of a remote co-op, and so I'm trying to look for to get plugged into more of those because the work is super fun. Uh, it's fun to do. It's fun to be a part of. It's validating to be selected to be a part of these things. It's uh, validating to not have to sell your work, uh, the value of it. And it's great when a paycheck shows up. Mm-hmm. That Yeah, that's always nice. <laughs> so, you know, on, on top of that, when, when, you know, how do you build business? What's, what's your, what's your process for, finding new clients and new work and stuff like that. Cause a lot of us tend to be, um, while we can be personable and outgrowing with other designers, when it comes to people outside of what we do, we tend to get a little shy and introverted and clam up a little bit. Total so, freeze up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I, dry tongue, can't talk, everything, all of that. Yeah. You know, if I think I were, is one of those people, by the way. Yes, and I identify as one of those people, so we're on the same page. Uh, if you're, if you're the type of person who can just walk into a room full of strangers and start talking design, man, teach a class because there is there is a a market for people like me. I will pay you to to learn how to do that uh, <laughs> because I can't. I can talk to another designer all day. You sit me in front of a a CPA or a executive for some thing. And I'm just like, yeah, I make things. It just falls flat and it sounds awful. And, uh, Oh, I do the opposite. I over explain and get too technical. Ah, uh, see it's, but it's always something. It's always something you rely on. You fall back on that is not yeah. you. And, uh, so much of, of selling what you do is, uh, is, you know, selling just who you are. Um, I've completely forgotten the question. At this point, I'm going to need you to refresh my memory because I'm old sure. and it's late. So, so when you're finding new, uh, when new work, basically when you're new work, yeah. Cool. What's your process for that? If if I were a real professional, I would say, yeah, Jason. Of course, I have this strict marketing schedule that I stick with, and it consists of you know three <laughs> three tweets a day on a subject, and it. And I reach out to these targeted groups online all the time, and I speak professionally in front of these groups, and they bring me business, and it works like... I just want, I just want to say for the 100-plus people that I have talked to so far on the podcast, maybe three of them okay. do that. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So continue. <laughs> Total validity to that, to that, uh, to those numbers there, because... The way I do it, Jason, though the magic that happens with me is it's a giant hairball. Nothing happens. I'm just working here in my office. I'm not actively trying to find anyone to work with. The, sure. It's a miracle that I've had any clients at all. 
uh, except for the ones that I have just kind of bumped into and said, hey, you make stuff. I need stuff. Can you make me stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I can make you some stuff. And that's about as technical as it's ever gotten with me. Now, these days, I've I've kind of learned that I need to be getting in front of the people that I would like to work with more and in a more mm-hmm. targeted way. I've never done that before. It's been a long time, Jason, and so I've just now started to try to um, formalize how I'm going to, first of all, who my ideal client would be and who I would think I would love working with, whether that's, you know, I try to think of my favorite clients and uh, or favorite client and, and, and hold it down to just one person to think of and just go through a list of attributes and mm-hmm. find people that match those attributes, not necessarily find the industry they work in. And sure. so my goal is to find people who have this list of attributes that I'm looking for in a person that I just like to talk to and like to mm-hmm. develop a relationship with. Uh, and it's in the building of that relationship that money sometimes happens or work sometimes happens. Sure. Uh, because if I go about it the other direction and say, okay, well, what makes the most money and who works in those industries to make me the most money? Sure, I I'm, I'm, might find some work doing that. And many people are successful in doing that. My contention is that relationships that are based solely on money don't tend to last long. And that no. there's always kind of a funk in the air. I don't like funk in the air. I'm a parent. I don't like any funk in my airspace. So I'm really kind of out to really, really zero in on the kinds of people, the kinds of people I like to be around and then discovering where those people go and, uh, and then finding out whatever industry they're in and helping them, uh, helping them do more of the amazing things that are probably already doing. That's one of my big business goals. And, and in fact, one of my uh, my internal kind of goal in working has always just been the word serve well. Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like, and however that manifests itself, is to serve well. Find people that I, I enjoy being around, enjoy talking to, enjoy developing relationship with, and help them do their thing more and better and help gain them traction. Uh, And so, you know, help build them, build confidence in them for them to do their job well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in so doing, we'll create a, a, a relationship that will kind of prevent me from someone else trying to steal the work away from me, quote unquote. Sure. Because Do you think that's kind of the biggest thing that you've learned in this amount of time that you've been doing this on your own is to work with the people that you want to work with, not not chase the dollar? Big takeaway? Yeah. Yeah, we can call it that. We can call it that. Is find – it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter the industry they work in or whether they make tons of money at it or not. Don't let that be your focus. Focus instead in on – Man, who are these people that you would think are a blast to hang out with and talk to? Think mm-hmm. about you know your you, you know f- the f- the first circle of friends you know and you know who you like hanging out. Ask who they hang out with, and from there just grow this kind of rings on a tree method of 
you know, making these connections of people that you can get along with, whether you're doing business together or not. I mean, and that's another standpoint that I like to make with people I do business with is I don't care if we do a dime of business together. Can I get along with you and can you get along with me? Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is I I make friends with and have conversations with people who a, a lot of the times completely ideologically disagree with me and vice versa on many different subjects, but we have a great time hanging out. And to mm-hmm. me and to me that's what's important. Uh is to base it off of a relationship and not base it off of a paycheck. Sure. Gotcha. So so we're kind of getting close to our time and I'm I'm curious because before we hopped on air and when we were getting ready to talk, you sent me a thing um, to kind of read over and then you talked about kind of your daily routine. Um, and, and let's talk about it real quickly. What a tell everybody what your routine is and then, then let's talk about how that got why that got started. Well, to, to tell you what my routine is, is it going to make me sound like a more insane person that I than I already sound in this interview. So I'm going to preface it. Go for it. You might as well go. I've got to give context. <laughs> context is, is key. It's very important. It's that I didn't start out doing the things that I do every morning. Uh, sure. But way back when I started doing these things, it's a slow build. It's it's the it's what it's a I. It's called the, – the Japanese have a word for it. It's uh, the principle of kaizen, which means mm-hmm. small steps turn into big things, small steps toward a goal. You know, It's the idea of a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. It's that idea, but the principle of, the, of kaizen is just constant improvement, Const, mm-hmm. little tiny constant improvement and steps toward your goal, whatever it may be. So – I've recently changed up my schedule in the morning, uh, but for your listening audience, I'll start with what it was a couple months ago. I intentionally get up at about 4.58 a.m. Every, every morning of the week. I get up, I cook myself an egg, I, I put on my pants. It's always important to put on pants. Uh, Is this before the egg or after the egg? I cook myself an egg, then I put on pants, then I grab... It's dangerous to cook eggs without oh pants. Oh my gosh, it can be very bad. It can be very It's even bad more dangerous eat. to cook bacon without pants. Well, yeah, don't do it. Just just avoid <laughs> Just avoid the bacon and the no pants. So sure. I, I make an egg, put on pants, grab my gym bag that I prepared the night before, mm-hmm. uh, drive to the YMCA, which is you know, a 10 minute drive from my house. It's really, really doable. And of course at four 58 in the morning, there ain't no one out except for you and cops. So that's okay. We we like, even they're taking a nap in their car, right? We love the police. And so I'm, I drive to the Y I get to the Y at five 30 AM when they open, uh, when they open, I go inside, I put on my swimsuit, I get in the pool and I swim a mile. And I can mm-hmm. swim my mile typically at around 40 minutes. I, I broke 40 minutes a couple weeks ago. It was a big accomplishment for me to swim my mile. It's 72 lengths, 36 laps, 
is one mile, mm-hmm. and I've got a little watch that calculates that, so I don't have to try to count on my fingers. It's an odd-sized pool. It's a 25-yard pool. It's very small. Uh, yeah, so yeah I was about to say, I swam in high school, so I <laughs> yeah, so and I, and I was a distance swimmer. So there you go. And so I'm doing flip turns like a madman. So yeah, it's a lot of flip turns. Uh, swimming. I get out of the pool. I shower. I come home. Uh, I immediately, if the boys aren't already up, and most sometimes they are, when I get home, I immediately come into my office and I uh, have a prayer list that I pray through every morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it. it it's kind of it's organized on a Google document. So I sit down, and uh, usually that takes anyone anywhere from ten to fifteen minutes to pray through my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I then I ne- I read the next little section and one whatever Bible study from the Bible app that I'm reading. I read that little next section, whatever that is, and that takes anywhere you know from you know five to seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And immediately when that's done, I open up. I've got a, a one sketch a day book. Sure. Uh, that is, it gives you a page and a prompt. And so I'll open that up and I'll spend maybe tops about 10 minutes working on that. Mm-hmm. Once that's done, I shut that and put that on my desk and I grab whatever book I'm reading and I read the next chapter of whatever book I'm reading. And that takes anywhere from seven to ten minutes. Then mm-hmm. I put that on the shelf. Then it's time. By by that time, the boys are usually awake. So I'll get up and I'll start cooking breakfast for my wife and my two sons. Mm-hmm. And then if it's school is about to crank up, and so uh, I'll we'll get uh, the 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 seven year old ready. He's about ready to start second grade. So we'll get him sure. ready. And incredibly. Before I bought the house that we're in, I didn't know this was going to happen, but they built the elementary school literally right behind my house. And oh. so I, ha- I have to cross one busy street, but the school is right there. So I get to walk my son to school every day if I so choose. That's pretty cool. It's very cool. And walk him home at the end of the day. It's great. So, so I've got a bunch of weird things that kind of work together for me that would be completely undoable depending on your situation. Uh, and that's typically my morning. And so by the time the boys, uh, the big one is uh, at school and mom's usually watching uh, the little one, it's around 8.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Or, and so I come in my office and I start working down the list of stuff I need to do that day that I've prepared the night before in awesome. my office. And I work until uh, I have lunch with my wife uh, and... Uh, I get off work, quote unquote, at four, and then go uh, pick up my son from school, and I get to be, I get to be dad from uh, from that sure. from that time till till bedtime, which is usually eight p.m. That, and that's do, great. Do it all again the next day. Now that took a long time to build up to that schedule. Sure, I can imagine. Uh, but the only I'm not superhuman. I'm not special. It. It just takes deciding to do it and then making the steps so easy and so small that you almost don't notice them, but, mm. um, but that you keep at it and keep doing it. Um, there's some really good advice. Uh, Sean Atcher has a book called uh, Something About Happiness. Mm. Happiness. I've read both of his books, but it's something about happiness. He's a psychology guy, and he talks about how to add things to your day or to your schedule 
mm-hmm. I'm also a big Tim Ferriss uh, fan, uh, what he's sure. done. And I just recently finished an awesome book by Jocko Willink, Willink, Jocko Willink mm-hmm. called uh, Extreme Ownership. Man, it's awesome. Huh. Anyway, sorry, some book recommendations. Um, wow. And so, uh, the, you know, just small steps over time and being consistent. Uh, one of Jocko's things is, uh, you know, getting up and working out in the morning is is less about the workout and more about having the discipline to get up and work. Sure. And I thought that was huge. And so that's a new thing I've I've added to kind of my my guiding my guiding ideas of, of the way I get things done. But that's a snapshot of Monday through Friday for me. That's awesome. I think that, that I think that's a great place for us to wrap things up. <laughs> so I mean that that's the, you know this has been the most that, boring podcast you have no, ever done. No. People are gonna hate this one. No, that one will be coming up later. It'll be uh, whenever <laughs> we get around to actually putting me on my own podcast. Oh um, man, no, no, yeah. no! This has been great. Thank you so yeah. much, Jason, for for entertaining the idea of a goofy joke tweet and turning it into an actual real thing. Uh, I guess the encouragement there is to uh, never be afraid to send the goofy <laughs> weird tra- tweet because it might actually become something but if it does be ready for it and uh, be ready to tackle it so thank you again cool well before i let you go where can people find you online my gosh uh you can find me on the twitters uh at walking stick underscore underscore co uh and i'm also at walking stick underscore co on instagram if you want to see the uh the junk drawer of design that my instagram feed has become <laughs> Um, you can also find me on my, my, uh, website that is ever in flux, uh, walkingstickdesign.com. Where else can you find me online? Gosh, Dribble. I'm, uh, do what now? Dribble. Dribble. Yeah. Dribble. Let's talk about Dribble. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think I'm just walking stick on Dribble. Uh, yeah, I think, gosh, it's been so long. It's been, I don't really look myself up, so I'm not sure if that's what it is or not. <laughs> It's weird if you look yourself up. Well, I don't. I don't Google myself. That's I've heard. I've heard though that can be dangerous for your health. I just set up a Google alert to tell me when I'm mentioned in things. You it know? goes off very rarely. That's a good idea. Actually, it's a good idea. Yeah. Well, so. thank you so much again for for having me on the show. It's a huge show. You're doing an excellent job. Please keep well, up the amazing you. work. Hey, you have one listener, and you're talking to him. So take that with you. <laughs> That's that's well, your encouragement I, I, for today for today at least. I I appreciate you listening and and I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me tonight. Um, so I'm going to set you free into the wild so you can go uh, get your kids to bed and uh, all that fun stuff and have some time to relax with your wife. Awesome, I appreciate it, Jason. Thanks again. Thanks, Clint. Go out and hug some necks. Clint on Twitter at WalkingStick underscore co. And be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with him. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Creative SO Pod and follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Creative South GA over at CreativeSouth.com 
And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit jackprince.com and get 20% off orders over $25 when you use promo code CREATESOUTH17 at checkout. For a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes when you sign up at Skillshare.com using promo code CREATIVESOUTH. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. And remember, if you like the show, help support us over at patreon.com slash creative south. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks. Necks.